0: Okay. So we are uh in this piece here from the uh from the the Slonimer, uh the, Slonomer, uh, the Shalom with regards to Pesach and uh in so Omer, really. And what we talked about uh, last week was after all of the questions which which he asked uh which we're not going to review all of them because there were many of them. uh, but what the theory that he began to develop was this idea that Yitzhiyat Yitzhi Mitzrayim wasn't a one-time event. The actual physical Exodus from uh, from Egypt, from Yitzhi Mitzrayim, was part of a process. That was a step one out of a 50-step process. And what we do is, because the ultimate Yitzhiyat Yitzhi Mitzrayim, the ultimate Exodus, is when we could finally fully dedicate ourselves to Hakarish Baruch Hu and Torah. And in order to be able to achieve that, in order to be able to get to that place, so we need to go ahead and we need to... Work on our mitos, We need to work on our character. Develop ourselves as individuals, so that we then, when the Torah is finally given, it has a receptacle which will be able to, uh, to to handle it which we're able to, uh, to receive it, and that's really what we're working towards over this, uh, the, the, this period of, uh, of time. And that was the main thing that we were, the main theory that we were developing uh, last week, in terms of seeing Yitzhi, Yitzhi Mitzrayim not simply the fact that we're no longer enslaved, that we're no longer obligated to, uh, to forced to do hard labor, but it's actually a process of personal growth and development, to reach the best of who we are so that eventually we will be worthy of receiving the Torah at the end of that kufa, at the end of that uh, that period of time. Okay, so now here is, this is what I think what we're up to is, we said last week we didn't want to rush through this last part of this uh, this section just because it's so fundamental. So now we'll be able to read it inside and not feel uh, hopefully not feel rushed. So he says this idea that we are working towards uh, a, a process of personal development and all that. So he says, "This is a kamuva me'arav akadosh of Moshe El Yakim Berea." I don't know who that is. Mikoshnis. Okay, and they name they give the name of this sefer. And now he says this fascinating idea. He said, "I think the balel aleph de Pesach who bechinas godless hamochim." So he says, "The first night of Pesach." is considered to be the expansion. That's the way we're going to define it. We're going to say it's Gahdus means like Moach, is the brain, but it's expansive thinking. It's where you, you want your brain to be, as opposed to contraction, where your brain is constricted. So we want to reach this large brain. We want to become this large-brained person. Shaetzam ha'ara pitom and what happens is, is that HaKash Baruch Hu opens up the gates of wisdom, or opens up the gates of light, and allows this floodlight of spirituality to enter into this world. And for all of us who are participating in the Seder, for all of us to be recipients of this great light, and the great light is not something as we're going to see, it's not something which we generate on our own. It's not something which we go ahead and develop. Shalokah Seder, that this is something which is unusual, that Kodesh Baruch Hu would open up the gates like this and allow us access and flood us with that spiritual light. So that's what happens at the night of the Seder, is that all that we experience is all Hakarish Baruch Hu is doing. He does all of the work. He does all of the effort. And we now see what it means to experience this great light of Hakarish Baruch Hu in our lives. Then, then when the Seder is over, when the night of Pesach is over, HaKash closes that, that door. He shuts off the flashlight. He shuts off the floodlight. And we're no longer have exposed to that light anymore. And we go back to where we were in terms of our spiritual status, our spiritual place. We go back to where we were before the Seder. So the night of the seder, we get this turbo boost of spirituality, turbo boost of exposure to Hakadosh Baruch Hu's spiritual light. Then in the morning, so we go back to where we were beforehand. But ulilkot ha'oros achas And then the task over the next forty nine days of sphira is through our own efforts to try and build that light back up, to try and see if we could ultimately replicate what that means to have the floodlight of spiritual light shining towards us. So there's two people who have access to the, let's say, the portal, which will allow the light to be able to come from Shamayim into our, into our world. One way is, to press the button, He can press the button. He has an override, a master key, which allows that that portal to open fully and all of that light to enter into our world. But we also have the ability to do so. But when we do so, we have to work incrementally step-by-step in order to be able to, or notch-by-notch, think of it like a ratchet or something. So you have to go one, uh, one ratchet at a time in order to be able to, on our own, be able to open up that portal so that we should be able to experience that light. And Mitzvira and we go from one rung, we'll say to the next. And each day we grow a little bit more, the portal opens up a little bit more and a little bit more light, and a little bit more light. Ad bo yom hagashua hakadosha until finally. At the end of this period of time, we finally reach the Yontif of Shavuos, which is the day when we receive the Torah. And the goal is, it's amazing, it's amazing, I think, conceptual idea to think about is that what we, the, the place where we want to be spiritually when we enter into Shavuos is the same place that we were spiritually the first night of Pesach. In both of those instances, both at the night of the Seder and the moment when we receive the Torah, of Matan Torah, which we re-experience on Shavuos, both of them have the portal fully open and all the spiritual light being able to enter into our world. The only difference between our exposure to that light, the night of Pesach, versus our exposure to the light, to that light on the night of Shavuos, is that on the night of Pesach, all of the light is provided to us because Baruch Hu controls the portal, and he opens it up and exposes us to the light. He makes all of the effort and we do nothing. The night of Shavuos, when we experience that exact same light, but the only difference is, is that on Shavuos, we could potentially experience that light through our own efforts. We could go ahead and we have the ability through our own work that we put in for the 49 days of Sefirah to be able to, as we said, one ratchet at a time, to be able to open up that portal fully so that we have enough light to be Makabul the Torah, to be able to receive the Torah. Shehi, hanosenes kach ba'adam, v'lachzo dekadmuso, which allows us to go ahead and be able to replicate that light which HaKadosh Baruch Hu exposed us to the first night of Pesach. And the, re- the reason why we have that potential to be able to achieve that tremendous amount of spiritual light, which allows us to be able to uh, receive the Torah, to put us on a spiritual level, we're worthy of receiving the Torah is, <speaking in Hebrew> That's because we saw the bar was set for us or we experience what it means to be able to be on that high spiritual level. We're exposed to all of that spiritual light. So we had the experience once. It's something which is in our memories. So as long as it's in our memories, even though it wasn't through our own effort, but now that it's there, it's inscribed now in our DNA to be able to achieve that, that then allows us to be able to access it in the future. And that's what we're trying to accomplish over, over Seferus Omer, is we're then trying to replicate that exact uh, same spiritual experience. And even though after the first night of Pesach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu closes the portal, and we're no longer exposed to that light, but as we just said, Nishar, nonetheless, there remains HaRishima Mimena, Actually, so it says that the impression, the imprint of that, the potential remains there. So there, so that gives us the opportunity, in the ability, the potential over the course of the remaining days of the Sphira in order to be able to rise one level after the other, higher and higher, until finally we get to that point where through our own efforts, we've grown, one second out, so that when we approach Shavuos, we're in that same place, and now we're worthy of receiving the Torah, not because the Kach Baruch Hu is just giving it to us, but because we've made ourselves worthy of being a receptacle, to so that eventually we could experience that original light once again, but this time through our own efforts. Yes, Ellen. I'm not seeing the text. Yeah, is that just my my system, or oh, maybe is I, any, uh, everybody uh, else uh, seeing the test, text? No, I'm, I prob- I probably forgot to share. Ah, okay, thank you. Was it there? Yeah, it's good. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I I thought it was me, and I was wondering why. It was okay. Good. No, <laughs> <laughs> of course it, it's always me. Exactly. Um, so that is so that's what's a, so that's what's going on. So the, the sequence is is that the first night of Pesach, so Akados Baruch Hu, uh, shines his light. He opens up the portal and gives us access to all of that light. Then, then after the Seder is over, he takes it back. But what it does is it left on us the potential. Now that we've had that experience of what it means to have such a profound spiritual experience, that gives us the potential to go ahead and replicate that through our own efforts. So once I know, once I went through this guided practice, where I was shown that I could actually have that experience, now, I, now that I know that it's within my potential, so now I could go ahead and I could commit to do the work in order to be able to rise and to be able to achieve that through my own efforts. So that is what the uh, that's why we have this period on the calendar between Pesach and Shavuos, and uh, where all of it is considered to, as we said last week, all of it is considered to be a single season with one goal in mind. Because Itzias Mitzrayim, as we said, is not simply to leave Egypt and to no longer be forced to do hard labor. But ultimately, it is to be able to be worthy of receiving the Torah, which is not going to happen until we actually get to Shavuos. And we have to work on ourselves and develop ourselves and nurture our potential in order to be able to get to that point where we become worthy uh, for that. Okay, now that we know that that is true, so now he takes it another step. Or he, he looks at it, I, I guess, from a, a slightly different perspective, not dramatically different. But he says, the So there's another idea behind Svira Somer, and eventually we're going to merge these two ideas together. Shahi And that is also another idea that Shvuas is that Svira Somer is a time to prepare for Shvuas and Kabbalah Satorah and the receiving of the Torah. Vinyano. And the idea is Zatsal. And the idea is a well known principle, a well known idea, which, is, uh, which was taught, which was presented to us from Chaim Vital, the primary student of the Arizal. And that is, Shetaras Hamidos, also a fascinating idea. Shetaras Hamidos, that our character development, how we make ourselves into better people, this is the throne and the chariot, meaning this is the, what we need to develop in order to be able to experience Kabbalah Satorah. Ki od Because if any time a Jew has not yet um, developed his character, purified his, uh, his character traits, has worked on himself to make himself into a better human being, so he cannot be worthy of receiving the Torah. The A, an amazing statement that Ruhe Vital says when he says, "Somebody who did not develop his character, Ein a Lishros Bikirbo, the Torah cannot reside inside of that person. It's like water and oil. They just don't mix together. So a person who has not developed his character so does not have the space within him for the Torah to be able to settle and for the Torah to be able to, to remain. And that's why he says that this is the idea. When we say, eretz it's not just that it's a nice idea to develop your character before you study Torah, but Rechaim Vital says that's actually a, 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 a necessary prerequisite. You cannot dispense without this uh, prerequisite of character development before Kabbalah Satorah. And therefore, Therefore, as preparation for Kabbalah Satorah, in order to get ourselves into that mindset, So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us this, this period of Sfirah Omer. Shavoda behem He Bitar Samidos. And the main focus, the main goal, the main work which we do during Sfirah Saomer is character development. That's why there's a practice to study Pirkei Avos during Pesach and Shavuos is also for the same idea. So that all that is with the same goal in mind, which is so that we should be worthy and deserving of receiving the Torah. So that's what we're trying to accomplish. The purpose of Sri to Omer is to give us time to focus on character development because once we're focused on our character development and we do that successfully, then we're worthy of actually receiving the Torah. That's what we need to do in order to have the experience of Kabbalah to Torah. And now this is where it gets a little bit Hasidish, but don't hold that against us. He says, (laughs) V'isa b'sfar makedoshim, you find in the holy work, books, that when we talk about the 49 days of Svira, so if you take that numerical value of 49, so that is the same numerical value of lev tov, good heart. So that's the idea. This uh, The things that share a common numerical value, so they share fundamentally, they share uh, similar characteristics. So the idea of Sfirah omer is to develop our good heart. Good heart meaning our ability to interact with others, our interpersonal skills. Asher bazeh and it is with our lev tov, it's with our good heart. Taras This allows us access, and this helps us, this assists us, and facilitates development of character so that we can get along with others better. And that's what, that's what we're trying to do. That's one element of what we're trying to do, that the 49 Days of Sirius Omer reminds us of Lev Tov. Then, skipping a little bit, says it says, <laughs> Because as we all know, that the origin of all good character comes from the heart. So therefore, that's why we say lev tov. That's why what's going on over here is going to be a good heart. That's what we're trying to work on during Sfiris Haomer, So that when the, by the time uh, Shavuos comes along, so we are already in a good frame of mind to be able to, uh, 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 to, be able to receive the Torah. Then another gematra, because one wasn't enough. Od Isa, there's another idea, and that is Shemisbar Memtes the Gematria Kel Chai. So there's another idea, and that is this idea that another numerical value, another Gematria for forty nine is Kel Chai, the Living God, Ukedisa Me'ariyakadosh, and like we find from the Ari, Shezeh Hashem. Actually, we don't need the Aris all over here. Uh, and that is, so if, when we talk about that, the 49 is going to correspond to the uh, uh, to Kelchai. So what that tells us is that we have, there's a gematria of the 49 days, which corresponds to our relationship with others. And then there's another gematria of the 49, which corresponds to our relationship with Akarish Baruch Hu. And therefore, Tafkidam, Shoyimei So the purpose of the Sphere of Days is, the goal, what we're trying to achieve is, What we're trying to do is we're trying to go through a process of personal development and character development, and we're trying to refine and elevate all of our midos. Both those which correspond to how we interact with others, our interpersonal relationship, Lahasi slave Tov in order to acquire for ourselves, develop a good heart, and also And we're also trying to develop the character necessary to have a good and positive and meaningful relationship with Hakarish Barakhu. Which corresponds to the Gematri of the words Kelchai, the living God. And Shizu and that's, as we said, this is the preparation which we do. We spend the, the seven weeks of Sfiris Omer developing our character so that we can eventually be on a proper level to receive the Torah on Shavuos, which as we said from Rebchayu Vital, HaTzuluya U'Kfizikuch Hamidos Bimea which depends on the capacity of our character development, how we have refined ourselves during this period of time of, of Sephira. So this is what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to develop ourselves so that, and we're going to see, he's actually going to expand this to three. What we're trying to do is we're trying to develop our character so that we can be better people in terms of how we interact with our fellow man. We're also trying to develop those elements of our character so that we can have a better, more meaningful relationship with Hakarish Baruch Hu. And then he says that the truth is, that, and we'll speak this out outside, is that the Maral actually says that in order for a person to be an Adam HaShalim, in order for a person to be holistic, in order for a person to be whole and complete, so one has to be shown. There's three dimensions, three facets that we need to focus our attention on, we need to work on. And that is, number one, we have to be, he says, shalem im Boro, im vim a person has to be comfortable. A person has to be confident in their relationship with their the creator. That's the bore. Bo person also has to be comfortable with the relationship between themselves and others. And then the third thing is one has to be comfortable within themselves. Sometimes that's the hardest part of the whole equation. It's to be comfortable within oneself. But all three of those, if a person is going to be an adama, so they need to be at peace and they need to be comfortable. And they need to have the skills and the ability to be, uh, to be able to get along with themselves, to be able to get along with others, and to be able to get along with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is what we're trying to accomplish over this period of time of Sfirah Saomer. Now he says that, skipping a little bit, he says, now based on what we said, that Sfirah Saomer kolelas that the Sferis Omer contains these two ideas, the two ideas working on our character for ourselves, as well as working on our character between, in terms of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we say, So what we're trying to do is we're trying to purify ourselves from the externalities, from superficial things, from things which get in the way of our, our of being able to connect, of being able to have dvekus with other people and with Akarish Hu, umi tumosenu, and the various defilements. And as we said, it was, as we say in the tefillah, this is the goal of Svirus Omer, et tahir veskadesh bikdusha shamala. What we're trying to do is we're trying to purify ourselves and we're trying to sanctify ourselves with a, a, a uh, a, a heavenly type of kedusha, heavenly type of sanctity so that we should have the, the capacity to go ahead and connect with the creator because that ultimately ultimately, Kabbalah Satorah is in order to allow us to be able to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and in order to do that we have to have, we have to share common ground, we have to share a common denominator with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore we need to elevate ourselves in order to be able to achieve that. And now he says this interesting idea, which I hadn't considered before, but he says this fascinating idea, which is, halalu. So during this period, typically between the time between Pesach and Shavuos, so we read primarily and almost exclusively from Parshios in Sefer Vayikra. What's the significance of the fact that we read primarily the, uh, the Parshios from Sefer Vayikra? So he says that is because these are the partials which talk about matters of sanctity. Kimo, for example, Parsha's the Parsha Shmini. So one thing which we read about in Parsha Shmini is we read about the need to have kosher food, the need for our food to be elevated and exalted and to be kaddush. Hamistayemes, and that parsha, which talks about making sure you have kosher food, mistayemes, that concludes with the phrase. The reason why we eat kosher food is so that we should be sanctified and we should be a holy people. So we see that this is something having to do with Kedusha. And then we find, And the parsha of Kedushim also touches upon matters of Kedusha. They, the Parsha, it relates to sanctity. So that certainly is a focus of ours, as well as you we have at the end of the Parsha there, the restrictions against the various, uh, arias, the various illicit relations. And then in the following week's Parsha, Parsha's Emor. So we talk about the Kedusha, the sanctity of the Kohanim, and the sanctity of the Kohen Gadol. And as well in Parsha's Emor, we also have a section which talks about the Kedusha of the Amun Tovim. So this is Kedusha's Hazman, this is the Kedusha of time. And then in B'har and Kosai, so there are many partials which deal with kedusha ha'aretz, the sanctity of the land of Eretz Yisrael. So, what do all of these things have in common? All of these things have in common that they all revolve around the topic of kedusha. They all revolve around the topic of sanctity, because as we said, the goal of this yontif is in order to be able to sanctify ourselves, to be able to elevate ourselves. To get ourselves to the to the uh, to the point where we are spiritually capable of receiving the Torah, and that's what he says. And the reason why, in summary, he says that of all of the uh, the time of year, so this period of time, the seven weeks of Sphira Saomer, this is the time which is most conducive. And we have the greatest potential to achieve tahara, purity, liskadesh, and sanctity, uh, which is, which is heavenly. To be able to tap in to those uh, those uh, those spiritual uh, characteristics, and therefore he says, for that reason, since with the greatest potential to achieve that exists in this period of time, so therefore the partials of the Torah, which which discuss matters of sanctity and holiness and being designated to our Baruch Hu, those are the partials which we read during, uh, during Sriyas Omer. That's why we read Parsha Shmini and Parsha uh, uh, Tazriya Metzorah, also a little bit, the Kedusha Samachna, Tazriya Metzorah, Achrimos, Kedoshim, Emor, Bahar Kosai. We go through those partials because these are the partials where we find the topic of Kedusha being uh, discussed which encompass the entire existence of the Jewish people. So that is why we go ahead and we do this, because all of this is the, uh, uh, captures the goal of what we're trying to accomplish. Okay, now that we have, in a sense, our marching orders, we understand what exactly is going on over here. In terms of what the goal of this Kufa, what the goal of these seven weeks is, and where we want to be by the time we finish these seven weeks. So now he says, now we could go back, and we could go ahead and we could not reconcile, but we can now explain all of the unusual things which, were, which the psukim contained, we can now go ahead and address them and see how all of them actually make perfect sense in light of what we've been exploring and the ideas, the principles that we have been developing. So he says as follows, based on this, Mavur shinu, we can go ahead and we can explain or we can answer that which bothered us. Lama vikravtem, nemar behemsheth. So the first question that we ask is is that there's an unusual um, uh, uh, connection of ideas, an unusual presentation of ideas in the pasuk which talks about counting sphera. So the pasuk begins with the mitzvah. You're going to go ahead. You're going to go ahead, and you're going to count the day after the first day of Pesach. Uh, you're going to count the, the seven weeks. And then the Pasuk concluded the Kravta Mincha and you're going to bring a Korban. So we asked, the Sanhedrin asked, granted, there's a mitzvah which is counting the Sphiris Omer. And then at the end of that period of time, it happens to be that on Shavuos, you're going to bring this new Korban HaOmer, you're going to bring this new flower based Korban. But why does the Torah go ahead and b- combine these two ideas into one? What's the juxtaposition? What's the connection between counting Svirah omer and the fact that on Shavuos we're going to bring this unique Korban? They seem to be two separate mitzvahs altogether, and there's no reason for the Torah to go ahead and, to the uh, in the editing job of the Torah, to go ahead and combine them into a single Parsha. But he says, no, no, no. He says, now we understand why the Torah did that. ki zehu ha show you Because the truth is, this is the purpose of Sefirah. Combining these two ideas together tells us that that's what we're trying to, that's what the goal and what we're trying to accomplish over the course of Sefirah Omer. because once a Jew uh, um, uh, purifies himself, purifies himself umesake midosa. By putting in the seven weeks of work without skipping a day, without missing anything, but doing all of the work which is necessary in order to be able to grow, and now he goes ahead and equates it. Interestingly enough, he says, "It's similar to what a woman goes through when she prepares to go to uh, to the mikvah, so that where she will immerse herself in the tahara of the mikvah." So there's a process of um, uh, making one making oneself ready. So in the same way, the seven weeks correspond to that. What we're trying to do is we're trying to make ourselves spiritually ready to immerse ourselves fully in the Kedusha, in the Tahara of the Torah. And therefore, if we did that work correctly, Yizke ha-shuos. So then on the Yantif of shuos, where we get to enjoy the efforts which we put in, the vi Krafta Mincha Chadasha that we'll finally be able to experience that new Mincha. But the new Mincha, when we say that, we're not referring exclusively to the Korban itself, but rather what we're referring to is Kedisab Akli Yakar, Dekai Torah. But really, what the Pasuk is hinting to by using this idea, by using this word Chadasha, what the Torah is hinting to is the idea that we're going to go ahead and we are going to prepare ourselves for the Torah. Shehi mincha chadasha. Because the Torah itself can be characterized, can be described as a new mincha. In what way would we go ahead and would we characterize the, uh, the Torah as a new mincha? K'moshe Amr Chazal. It's based on what Chazal teach us. Bechol yom yu that every day one should see the Torah as something which is new. If a person goes ahead and sits down and says, listen, I studied Mishnahis yesterday, I studied Mishnahis the day before that, and the day before that, I've seen all of this already. There's nothing new, there's nothing novel for me to see. Or like some people experience on Pesach, that they say, listen, I wish the Haggadah could change every once in a while, because I've done the Haggadah for another uh, for the past uh, you know, 50 years or so. Why can't I go ahead and get something new out of it? And but that's not the way things are, are, are going to go. We have to put in the effort to look at the old material as if it's something which is new, and that's what we're trying. That's the mincha chadasha that we're trying to achieve through Sfera S'omer to get ourselves into that mindset. And a fundamental idea that the Kabbalists all tell us, that the Mekubalim all tell us, and that is. This idea that when we when we celebrate Shavuos, we celebrate the Yontif of Kabbalah Satora. It's not that we are um, commemorating a historical event, something which happened in the past. It no longer is a, is a, is a, is, a, is true in the future. But really, what happens spiritually is we have the ability to tap in to that same exact kedusha, that same exact sanctity. And we could re-experience the same thing that Kal Yisrael did in the year 2448. So in the year 5783 on Shavuos, we're not commemorating the event which happened 3,000 years earlier. What we're doing is we're tapping into that exact same kedusha. We have the ability to tap into that exact same Kedusha and to experience spiritually the exact same thing that they did. Vizetam. And now he says, This also explains to us one of the questions we had was, We had that unusual thing that by all of the other Yom and Tovim of the Torah, the Torah tells us which day of the month we're going to go ahead and celebrate. So we know Rosh Hashanah is the first of the seventh month, the first of Tishrei. And we know Yom Kippur is going to be the 10th of the seventh month, the 10th of Tishrei. And Sukkot falls out on the 15th of the month. And Pesach is the 15th of Nisan. So all of that is clearly spelled out by the Torah. The only Yom where the Torah doesn't give us the date that we are supposed to celebrate is Shavuos. Highly unusual. Something uh, is di- uh, 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 One of these things is not like the other. And this leaves us, uh, this left us wondering, why doesn't the Torah go ahead and give us the calendar date when we're going to celebrate Shavuos? Since it's pretty obvious, if we know that we count Svirah, we begin Svirah on the second day of Pesach, and we're counting seven weeks, so we know exactly what calendar date that's going to be anyways. So why didn't the Torah go ahead and share that with us? Or a second question is, the Torah doesn't tell us that we begin counting Svirah so on the 16th of Nisan. Uh, 16th of Nisan. Yeah. The Torah doesn't present it in that way. The Torah says you begin counting the day after the first day of Pesach. So again, we could figure out, we could calculate exactly what day that is. It's not a difficult thing to calculate, but why doesn't the Torah go ahead and address it explicitly and say this is the day that you should be doing it? So now explains the slonimer, the Torah did this very specifically and very consciously. And that is Lefisha kolatkufa hazos. He says, because the truth is that this entire period of time on the calendar, the entire seven weeks, is all a continuation from Pesach. It's not as if, like we normally think, or we may have thought up until this class, that Pesach is one Yontif. In Shavuos is a separate yontif. And when we think of Shavuos as a separate, independent yontif, so then we wonder why doesn't the Torah go ahead and give us the calendar date for when Shavuos is going to fall out. But now comes along the slonomer and says that there's a mistaken premise in that question. And that is, the mistaken premise is the notion that we have there, the yontif of Shavuos is an independent yontif. It's separate and distinct from Pesach. Says the slonomer, that's actually not true. Because from the beginning of Pesach all the way until Shavuos, that's all part of one Yontif. So just like the Torah doesn't have to give us the calendar date of the third day of Pesach, because the if the first day of Pesach is on the 15th, so 15, 16, 17, the third day is going to be on the 17th, there's no reason to spell that out because it's obvious. So by the same token, all the this entire uh, period of time, from Sviris to all Omar all the way through Shavuos, it's all considered to be one period of time. It's like one yuntif with Chol And that's why it's unnecessary to go ahead and spell it out. The Yimei HaSfirah, Achorov, and the entire 49 days of Sefirah after the first day of Pesach. All the way up until and including Shavuos, it's one era on the calendar, and one continuation, one continuous process, and the ultimate goal, the final goal of all of this is is in order to ultimately be able to reach our final destination, which is Kabbalah Satora. So it's one long trip. The trip begins on Pesach. The trip begins with the Seder. But the trip doesn't end when the Seder is over. The trip doesn't end when... Pesach is over. The trip continues all the way through the next six weeks, next seven weeks, six weeks, depending on where you count from, and it culminates with Shavuos, it culminates with Kabbalah Torah. But the reason why we don't have to, and that's the reason why we don't have to give the separate calendar dates for all of that, because it's all part of this one era, this one uh, section of the calendar anyways, which begins on Pesach and finishes on Shavuos. So we don't have to spell out all those dates. And he says, perish." And this is the idea. Perash uh, Hakasuv. This is the idea behind the pasuk. Ubiyom Akipurim Habikurim on the day of Bikurim, which is Shavuos. Vakrivchem Mincha Chadasha. When you offer the new Mincha LaHashem to Hakadosh Baruch after all of those weeks. So, here, what the Torah is, is describing in terms of Shavuos is this idea that it's going to be characterized by the new mincha which we bring, which follows after this tzkufa, which follows after the preparatory stage of the weeks leading up to it. And therefore, it's not by coincidence, it's by design that this yontif of Kabbalah Satorah is going to be is going to be known as the Yontif of Shavuos. Why do we go ahead and describe it in terms of the Yontif of Shavuos? Why do we reference it in terms of the weeks? As we said before, if it's really its own independent Yontif anyways, there's a Yontif called Pesach, and there's a separate and distinct Yontif called the Shavuos, so why do we have to go ahead and give it a... uh, why do we have to mention it in terms of the seven weeks leading up to it? We should give it another name. It should be the uh, the Yontif of Kabbalah Satora. Make some other reference like that. Give it another name. But says the Slonomer, the reason why that it's called Chag is because it's telling us what the purpose of the Yontif is and how you get yourself to the point where you can actually fully experience Shavuos and Kabbalah Satora with all of the... Uh, with all the spirituality and all the sanctity and all of the uh, the holiness which you're trying to achieve. And that is a, is because the And this, the reason for this is, and with this we're going to hold it for tonight, but he says the reason for this is, is because the whole Yantif of shvuos, the only way that we can enter into the Yantif of shvuos is only through, or uh, let me say that better, the only way we can enter into Kabbalah Satorah is through the preparation that we put in the seven weeks leading up to it. So if we didn't describe the yontif of Kabbalah Satorah in terms of those seven weeks, so then we'd never be able to experience the Kabbalah Satorah, which is ultimately what we want to uh, to achieve. And therefore, the most befitting name for that yontif is to describe it in terms of to describe it in terms of the preparation necessary in order to get ourselves to that uh, that point, okay? So we will hold it over here uh, for uh, for next week. So next week we are on a regular Tuesday Thursday schedule. Uh, it's going to be uh, the regular Tuesday Thursday schedule, where on Tuesday night we're going to. It's going to be at seven for both classes at seven forty-five. But Tuesday night we'll finish off this piece from the Slonower, and then Thursday night we will do a halacha uh, shear. and then we'll be off until sometime after Pesach. All righty. Thank you, Rabbi. All right. Thank you, Rabbi. All right. To all the best, everybody. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you. Shleim, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, bye-bye. Bye.